if you're looking back at your week and you're counting up six hours in front of the TV, you know, a couple of takeaways, I didn't hit the gym, I didn't write my blogs, you're able to actually see how you're creating the reality that you're living. And it's not always nice to realize, actually, I'm really letting myself down in that area. And it's not comfortable to have to take the actions to get around that. If it means you've got to get up earlier to go to the gym, everything you do is like another brushstroke on that picture of your life. You're the artist. You've got to make those decisions on a daily basis. Are you searching for your ideal career, fed up of your daily grind, or simply want to hear some inspiring stories? Then you've come to the right place, because it's time to do a job you love. It's time to get work savvy. Welcome to episode 24 of the Get Work Savvy podcast, the show that brings you tips, tricks and ideas from those people who've been able to find or create a job that they love. Hi, my name's Liam Gardner. If we haven't spoke before, then I'm an e-product manager working for a national training provider in the UK. And I'm so lucky that I can say that I love what it is that I do, but it took me over 10 years to do that and I don't want it to take you so long. So this podcast gives you insights from different people working in different industries. It shares with you their journey and most importantly, at the end of the show, we summarise what the key takeaways were that you can take forward no matter the career path or the job that you're trying to build for yourself. So whether you're here just for some motivation, whether you're lost in what career path to take from the get-go, or if you're really fed up with your job and you're looking to change your direction, then this is the show for you. This week we speak to Louise and she's got such an amazing journey and such an amazing story to get into where it is that she is right now. If you like the show, I'd love for you to leave us a rating and review in the podcast player of your choice. Why not subscribe so you get a new episode each Monday? And I can't wait for you to listen in and hope this episode brings you lots of ideas of what it is that you can do to get work savvy. So without any further delay, let's hear what Louise has to say and find out how she found a job that she loves. Hi to Louise and welcome to the Get Work Savvy podcast. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. You? I'm very well, thank you. Very well indeed. Now, you have got a fantastic job in my eyes, helping others out, but don't let me explain what that is. Could you just give the listener a brief introduction about what it is you do? Absolutely. So I work with women in business to help them master their money mindset so that they can make more money and have a great life. Absolutely. Fantastic. One question I normally ask my guests, is that what you imagined yourself doing at school? No, I wanted to have an ice cream van. That's what I really wanted to do when I was small. Then I wanted to be a nurse and then I wanted to be a doctor and it kind of changed. And to be honest, I fell into this. I fell into running my own business. I opened my first business in 2012 when I was a personal trainer. But that was really accidental. And it was through having sort of five years of really difficult experiences around money. I didn't like charging. I didn't like telling people what I charged. I felt very uncomfortable when clients' contracts were coming to an end. I was constantly felt like I was chasing money. It felt like it was just me. I felt really isolated. I had nobody to talk to about it because everybody in my life had a job. And it just felt really, really uncomfortable. And I started doing a bit of work on myself. I found myself a coach. And it was just literally one day I realized that it wasn't just me. There was lots and lots of other women and men experiencing exactly the same thing. So they had got this business that they had started off feeling extremely passionate about, but were now living every day in fear about where the next money was coming from. And it just became an absolute mission for me because I know how hard it is to run a business. It's really challenging. We work long hours and we do it because ideally, hopefully we love it. And so I fell into it. And what's been, I guess, the best thing is, although it's all around money mindset, it actually comes down to 
helping somebody develop themselves to be their best selves, a high performer. So I kind of get best of both worlds. It's money specific, but actually I watch these people blossom in all areas of their life. So I'm really grateful that I had to go through that hard stuff to get here. Absolutely amazing. And I think like so many people, when you are at school, like (laughs) I've not heard anyone mention ice cream van just yet. So you got the jump on people. (laughs) I can see the attraction from, from being a youngster. So like many people, I think that, that you're absolutely right, that we have those kind of little ideas, but we don't really know what we're getting ourselves into. And so many of us, myself included, having gone to university and then coming out and not really knowing what to do, I have found myself doing exactly the same. So it's good to hear that it's not just me who's experiencing that and perhaps reassuring for others as well. Yeah, I think that's, you know, I just wrote a blog today. Somebody had put a question in my group about how do we know the difference between when the universe, or whatever you want to call it, the universe is giving you a nudge and giving you an intuitive hit versus is it our fear talking? The way this comes up for a lot of people that I see in business is they'll, they'll get an idea, they'll start rolling with it. It doesn't quite work out the way they thought, or it doesn't happen quite as quickly as they wanted it to. And then they start to kind of have that whole grass is greener thing. So another idea will come in and they'll start to go down that pathway or they'll think they've got to quit this one thing and start something else because it's a process. And as we get older, and I think now we're so blessed to be in a time when personal development is just off the wall contagious. There's so many people doing it. And we start to drop the belief systems that have been given to us and all that conditioning. And we start to realize exactly what we're capable of, and also what's available to us and possible for us. And I think we're coming to a stage now where it doesn't necessarily have to be age-related. So I'm the younger side of 40, so I'm 43. I think for me, I had to get to a certain age before I kind of was really done with listening to my own crap and going like, what do I really want? And I think that's the whole point is that we have to allow ourselves to evolve. And if we're in something we don't particularly like right now, Sometimes it's okay to stick that out while you discover yourself a bit more and find out, well, actually, what is it that I want more of? Absolutely spot on. I'm glad we agree on that. <laughs> and I think just uh, just to echo that, I think sometimes it is good just to go and experience something. So I remember when I come out of school, I thought, oh, I'm done with school, done with sixth form now, I'm not going to uni. And then I just got myself a job to get some money in a supermarket. And there's nothing wrong with working in a supermarket if that's what you love doing. But it just wasn't for me. And I experienced that and it was time to move on. Could we just dive into a bit more about your journey then? So how did you go from personal trainer into that money kind of coach role? How did you transition from that? One thing I should probably tell people is I'm, I'm quite decisive. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never been scared to try different things. So I guess like you said, when you left school, I didn't go to university either. All my friends went to uni. My sister, I've got a twin sister. She went off and became an accountant. And I got on an aeroplane and went traveling around the world for about 18 months. So the journey into PT was purely accidental. I just went and did a course. Me and my husband had no money, but we came into a little bit of cash. And I said, well, let me use it for something. And maybe I can get out of this dead end office job that I had. But after a few years, when I started to realize, number one, I had all these money problems. And number two, actually... I was getting a little bit tired of selling a belief that when a woman's got a smaller body, she'll be happy because I genuinely don't believe that because I've been that person. Mm. And it just got to the stage where I was so scared of quitting because I didn't know what else to do or how to make it work. I didn't want people to think I was a failure. So there's a lot of shame around that because it's something that my parents always said to me was, oh, Louise, you're always doing something different. And I saw that as a really bad thing. Mm. And then I watched... Elizabeth Gilbert do a talk and she talked about 
some people like her are born knowing that they need to write. They want to write, write, write 24 hours a day. And there's other people like me who are hummingbirds. And we like to go in, experience something, take what we need and move on to the next flower, deposit what we've just found and take some more. And I was like, oh, I'm a hummingbird. That's what I am. I want to experience all these things. And so what I did have to do when I transitioned out of the personal training was I had to get pretty desperate. I had to get to the stage where I'd sabotaged my business enough that I was earning about £500 a month. Really, really wasn't enjoying it. And it was just one of those moments, what's the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen is I've got to go get a job in an office or a supermarket or in a gym or whatever. That's as bad as it's going to get. On the other hand, what could go right? And I literally just, I remember what happened. It was August bank holiday at the end of August last year. One of my existing clients had messaged me to say he was not going to be renewing her contract. And I just thought, right, that's it. I'm not doing it anymore. So I contacted the last few ladies that I had left and said, as of two weeks time, no more. And the universe just delivered within the first week of deciding that I was going to do something around coaching and money and personal development. Uh, somebody had listened to my podcast and had bought my first one-to-one -one package and it just went on from there I've literally built first year of my business I've built it by the seat of my pants and it's been great fun <laughs> <laughs> sometimes that's the most exciting journey isn't it and I absolutely understand and relate to your hummingbird description there because I remember growing up Again, I'm a twin as well, so we have that in common. But I remember growing up and I always had these harebrained schemes and I remember people labeling me as a bit of an ideas guy because I'd, I'd think, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll go do that or I'll go do that. And I didn't really have that focused goal on what I wanted to do. And my twin brother was very focused and he'd become a balsamic dispensing optician and, you know, very driven. And from that work experience, he knew that's what he wanted to do. But for myself, it's been a bit pick and mix, as I'd call it. Like you have a little go. If it's for you, brilliant. If not, it's move on to the next one. But great to hear that story. You said that you're very decisive. What kind of drives you in making those decisions then? I think as I've got older, I've got to the stage now because I've done so much work on myself where... I guess there are two things that really propel me forward. The biggest one is not wanting to get older and think I could have done more. Like I could have been more, I could have had more, I could have seen more, I could have experienced more, I could have made more impact and all that kind of stuff. And I give a lot of thanks to that for, to my father-in-law. He passed away a couple of years ago and he was always telling people or telling me and other people how proud he was of the fact that I was running my own business. And it was something because he was from Scotland and it was just something that wasn't the done thing. Mm. And then my dad was really ill last year and, and watching him and I thought he was going to pass away. It just brought home to me that we've got such a fragile life, such a fragile existence. And we're all walking around believing that we've got tomorrow but what if we don't so that really really motivates me to think me and my husband have this saying at the moment and we call it two seconds either way two seconds either way and your life can change like that and not always for the better and then the other thing is now I'm actually really excited about who I can become how much can I achieve how much can I change don't get me wrong I'm not good at it all the time I, there's a lot of things that I talk myself out of all the time hence the reason I'm getting a new coach because I need that level of accountability but I just want to kind of say that I know when I used to hear stuff like this, I would literally just switch off and think, oh, it's okay for you. But when I had, my girls are 17, 18 now, and I suffered with really bad depression for at least five years after I had them. And then I was a single parent. And then me and my husband now, we've been together 10 years, but we were in a huge amount of debt. We got blacklisted. You know, we had nothing. We had absolutely nothing. And I was scared all of the time. And 
I don't know if it was an epiphany or just maybe I just got so tired of being miserable that I just thought, right, how can I turn this around? And I, thankfully, a woman offered to coach me. And at the time, I had no money. She coached me for a few months for free. And I really honestly believe that was the start of me seeing something that I didn't see before. And so now the journey excites me. It really, really does. Rather than constantly being attached to that income goal or that number of clients or that many people on my email list or that many people in my Facebook page or whatever, that's great. But actually feeling good is even better than that. Absolutely brilliant. And I think that's one thing that I've kind of advised people on is if they're not sure about what they want to do, it's not thinking about what's popular at the moment or what your mates are doing, like whether it's study-wise or what career paths they're taking or what's going to be the most amount of cash that you can get out of doing a job, but really finding what lights your fire. And no, I think that's absolutely brilliant driving factor that you've got there. You mentioned the coaches that you've got. Would you recommend that to people? Oh God, yes. <laughs> I know you are a coach, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't know that coaches existed. I mean, I think if I'd have known that, Well, again, I think I said to you before, we don't know what we don't know. Mm. When I was a 28-year-old, 29-year-old single mother, I was still quite feisty then. I went, as soon as I separated, I took myself back to college. I got myself a place at university to study to become a midwife. So I did all of that stuff then. I have always kept moving, even though at the time there was this period when I didn't feel like I was doing that. But I remember it was 2015. I just rented out a studio for a year. I did group personal training. I had a member of staff working for me and I was making so much more money than I'd made in my office job. And I should have been really happy because on the outside, it looked like I'd done really well. Mm. But I was miserable. I was depressed. And because I had the depression, that was even more scary because I knew what it felt like. I was drinking a lot. I wasn't seeing my children or my husband. And I thought, you know, it just didn't match up to what I thought it would be. And I was in a business group at the time and this woman offered to help me out. And this is no lie. For three months, all I could get myself to do was to do one exercise. Because I remember standing at the kitchen sink, you know, after the kids had gone to school. And I could just hear these voices in my head telling me that, you know, I couldn't make it and I was useless. And why did I not just quit? And she said, all I want to do every day is to write it and then but I wrote it for a few weeks and I started to say it in my head, I'm aware that I'm feeling anxious and scared. And then I'd have to say, I'm aware that I'm feeling anxious and scared. And then I'm witnessing. And it was just that exercise that allowed me to take a step out of what I was feeling and be witness to that. Because ultimately we're not our thoughts and we're not our behaviors. We can change the thought and behaviors and keep the person. And I did that every single day for three months just to stop these voices in my head. And that was the start. And then I did some group coaching programs. And then I did my NLP training myself and become an NLP coach, which was life changing. And I'm just at that stage now where I'm ready to go big and I want to go big quick. So I've sourced myself a very high level coach. And I think what I've learned is that it's an investment in you. I remember reading something on Facebook this week and they said, if you can't invest financially in you, what else is there to invest in? What's the point? So powerful. Yeah. Such a powerful quote that I think often we're the last person we consider. Absolutely. And an investment comes in all forms. Like investment is you joining a gym, but maybe getting a PT for a few months to help you do it properly. Investment is in maybe getting yourself a house cleaner so that you can spend an extra hour with your children, with your husband. Investment comes in all shapes and sizes, but coaching you and my fundamental belief is that Before you even think about getting yourself a business-specific coach, make sure you know who the hell you are first. Work on your personal development before you work on your business because you will change so much that what you start with 
won't be what you end up with. And I see a lot of people spending thousands and thousands of pounds on coaching programs or something to teach you how to do your website or build your email list or get booked in six weeks or earn your first million in seven days. And they're spending all that, but actually they almost need to unravel themselves first and become their best self, learn a bit more about them and then invest in that. Absolutely brilliant. I think on message of what I agree with and yeah, I'm glad that we share those thoughts and hopefully that resonates with the listener as well. So thank you very much for that, Louise. You're welcome. Going back all all the way through your journey so far to where you are today, you talked about getting blacklisted, having that depression, which was obviously awful. But what could you point towards being your biggest challenge that you've overcome? Definitely being a business owner. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like I've been divorced and I've been cheated on and I've had like no money and I've been a single parent and all that kind of stuff. And at the time I thought that was really challenging, but without a doubt running my own business and keeping it has been the most challenging and life-changing thing I have ever done. Any tips for people who are currently doing that and or thinking about doing it? Hold on tight. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would love to say, just like we've just said before, do coach yourself. And whether it means that right now you listen to podcasts like this, you go crazy on YouTube clips, like people like Les Brown, Oprah Winfrey, Brené Brown, Tony Robbins, Brendan Bouchard, Jeff Olson. There are so many amazing people just totally cover yourself and absorb yourself in positive growth orientated language so put down the cheesy novels and stuff and pick up a a personal development book look after your health set some goals and I really really don't like the word goals it's just a really yucky word for me but even if you just say I want to be here at the end of three months or this is what I want my life to look like in three months and Trust the evolution. Trust that you're where you need to be right now and commit to being the best person. We get very, very stuck in doing more. My belief is that we have to be more. So we have to go inside and and whether you meditate or you go out and walk your pets or your children, you go out in the countryside, the answer is inside of us. And when we be more, it's like, well, who do I choose to be today? Will I get up and be the person that goes, ugh, I'll skip the gym and I'll go tomorrow. We will be the person that picks a fight with their partner. We will be the person that doesn't smile at somebody on the street. It's choosing who we want to be on a minute by minute basis. And that is actually what builds that picture of your life. It's not these huge, great, big, massive acts. It's the small things that you do every day. That is why when I read the book, The Slight Edge, have you read that one? No, not really. That was a game changer book for me. It's called The Slight Edge by a guy called Jeff Olson. And his basic premise of that book is it's the small, seemingly inconsequential things that we do every day that make the difference to our success. That sounds phenomenal. Brilliant book. I'll have to check that out. And for the listener, we'll put that as a link in the show notes. So don't stop your run. Or if you're doing a washing up, continue doing so. But there'll be a link in the show notes where you can get access to that particular one. I'll find that out for you guys. So I've read the book Triggers as well by Marshall Goldsmith. Okay. And that seems like to be a book on the same kind of line. So definitely I can recommend that having listened to that because I am a listener rather than a reader in, in consuming books. Again, there'll be an audible link in the show notes for people who prefer that particular medium, but certainly worth checking that out. And one thing he kind of had a case study of 
some of his clients that he coached and they were getting at home, they were going home and just getting in fights with people about ridiculous things like what they're having for dinner or who was watching what on the telly and it's like just step back and just think about what you what you're doing does it really matter it doesn't and I mean I had one of my clients messaging me before we got on this call and we was talking about I said I'm just currently writing a blog called why do we always want easy and she said well because it's hard so exhausting I said but that comes down to your reframe so Easy could also be seen as comfortable, which is not growth orientated. Hard can also be seen as challenging and exciting. Equally so, hard can be seen as exhausting because you're still doing the same things every day and expecting a different result. It depends on how you look at it, but anybody that is currently running their business or is thinking about starting up a business or feels like they want to pack it all in, and for some of the listeners, it may be time to pack it in. Mm. My beauty currently is selling her business because she just said, I'm not in it anymore. But the biggest thing is a coach that I had earlier this year, she said to me, one of her statements again was, the growth of your business will never outgrow the level of your personal development. So if you don't get used to dealing with whatever comes along, you're always going to be under the influences of what's happening outside of you. Whereas if you learn about you and you develop yourself, you will create your internal environment first and then respond to your external environment rather than react to it. Absolutely brilliant. I was chatting to a friend about like the premises podcast and how I was like looking to try and encourage people to do something that they love. And he kind of said, well, don't think that everyone should run their own business. And I have to agree with him. And I think that ties in nicely with what you were just saying there. You don't have to run a business to be successful. You can be the best customer service agent at a big global brand or, or just at your local supermarket if that's what makes you happy that's what you got to do but you got to got to do what fills you up inside so yeah no brilliant thank you for sharing that louise There's another really good book called emergence by a guy called derek rydell and he kind of did exactly that he was working with a client and this client wanted to hit whatever figure it was two hundred fifty thousand dollars in her business and he was if I remember rightly, he talked about having these pillars, like, so what am I being? What am I doing? What am I feeling? So that you effectively what happens without going into too much sort of quantum field stuff, you create the feeling of what you desire and it matches and resonates with its existence in the quantum field. Mm. So he was talking to this woman and she kept saying, if I keep doing all this stuff, will it make me this money in my business? And he said, well, I can't guarantee that. It's going to help you, but you need to remember, what do I want to feel? What do I want to do? Who do I want to be? And the long and short of it all was that what happened was she ended up closing the business because she found the perfect job with exactly the salary that she was looking to make in, her, in the business. And she met Mr. Right and lived happily ever after. You see, so one of the, the issues that we have as a human being we think we know the best way for things to pan out. But in actual fact, there are infinite possibilities available to us and we're probably not picking the best one. Yeah. If you just choose to be happy and keep showing up in the best way, then you're always going to be rewarded. You know? and, if, and if you do want more, then you have to set that intention and, and then take the action to get you there. Absolutely brilliant. Looking back on that biggest challenge of being the, the business owner, I think many people can relate to that. Would you do anything differently? having got to where you are and being where you are now anything that you change that's really interesting honestly knowing what I know now I probably would have got a one-to-one coach earlier whilst I recognized that I needed to do a certain level or a certain amount of unraveling of myself because I learned the things that I didn't like I learned where my weaknesses were I learned what I was really bad at which helped me to get into this business which I love so I'm very grateful for that 
However, now being a coach myself and seeing how people can move more quickly, and obviously with the coach that I'm going to work with, there's the intention that I will go much further, much more quickly. I think I probably would have sought out more one-to-one help because I was so bad with money. There was that always that belief system, I'll pay for it when I've got the money. Now I'm much more along the lines of I'll invest that now. And if I have to borrow that money or if I have to set an intention that I will fill another mastermind, whatever, it's much more about seeing it as an investment to move me forward. Mm. And I would have been a lot kinder to myself. Yeah, I think two very admirable changes that I haven't actually ever had a coach in the sense of like I've had managers and mentors at work, but I've never actually gone down that route. But it's certainly something that I'm considering having spoken to people like yourself and from episode three, Liam, he talked about that investment in yourself and making sure that you learn from others because sometimes you're too close to what it is that you're doing. So yeah, and I think that's that's certainly a, a great thing to potentially change if you could go back and do that. Yeah, for sure. Flipping that biggest challenge on its head then, mm-hmm. what would you say your proudest moment has been? I think it's more of an attribute and I think it's just determination or gumption or whatever you want to call it, in just, or stubborn, it doesn't matter what you call it really, but I've just never quit. There has always been something inside of me, even in my darkest days when the children were small and I just thought I did not sign up for this life, what has happened to me? There was a tiny, tiny little fire and a little voice that said, there is more, you can be more, this isn't it. And I just, even though it took me several years to get out of that horrible space, it was just never giving up. Always just kind of, you know, just stoking that fire just a little bit. And I think that's probably, that's for sure that I'm proud of that attribute rather than one specific thing. I think that's a great way of looking at it. And I think often people potentially when they're asked that question get tempted by picking that one thing but I've noticed that along the way that people have used more of those qualities rather than just the example of that one moment of success and it's the surprising things that you don't necessarily see on the outside so no thank you for sharing that I think that like you say that's again a really great attribute to have to realize that when you're in that moment and you're thinking oh I'm going to give up now you can always just go that little bit further having done a a marathon myself uh, and not really doing much training for it (laughs) as much as I should have done like I just proved to myself like I'm gonna do it now there's no way I'm not finishing this and yeah just giving that a little bit more because it's just your brain playing a bit of trick on you and and you've always got that extra to give yeah because it's painful it's uncomfortable but I put a status on my Facebook today and said if it was easy you'd already be doing it and that's true it's easy to watch tv it's easy to have a beer it's easy to lay in it's it's easy to do all that stuff and if that's what floats your boat then it's not for any of us to say otherwise but when you're a business person and you're saying, I'm not getting results that I want, or this is too hard, or da-da-da, you've got to start doing stuff that you're not doing now. Otherwise, you'll keep getting the stuff that you've already got. And I said before, I'm off to Arizona on Saturday and to go train with Brendan Burchard. And if you'd have said that to me a year ago, I would have laughed in your face because no way that was happening. I hadn't even got my first boat. And I'm going off out to Arizona for a week. And it's just that realisation that if we can stop making decisions based on the information we get from our five senses and start making decisions based on everything that's available, this quantum field, this consciousness, whatever you want to call it, there is so much available to us. And and when we look at the people that we really admire, there are so many amazing people. And if you read their biographies or you hear them talking, they have had some really crappy times. 
And they've had to transcend maybe a really bad upbringing or they've had to transcend 40, 50, 60 rejections, but they didn't stop. And I said to somebody the other day, I'm pretty sure that when J.K. Rowling wrote Harry Potter and when Elizabeth Gilbert wrote Eat, Pray, Love, I'm pretty sure they didn't see that as red carpet material. But hey, you know, it worked out pretty well for them both. Yeah, absolutely. Spot on. And it's easy to look at social media or the success stories and think, wow, that person's amazing. But quite often we just simply ignore that they have gone through it. And it's having that grit and determination to get through and not give up. And the universe will make things happen, as you mentioned. Brilliant. Thank you for sharing that again, Louise. Thinking about how you've got to today, I know you've already mentioned your little phrase of two seconds either way. And I think that's absolutely great, by the way. But are there any other wise words that you could offer the listener? Anything that you'd want them to take away? Don't get me started on that because I'm a wise lady. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. My group tends to tell me that a lot. I do think we touched on before, be motivated by the end. Be motivated by the fact that life is a gift and not a guarantee. That's the one thing. Do not get sucked into comparison. Because like you say, we're drowning in social media and it's all smoke and mirrors. We don't know what's true. That's why in my Facebook group, what my community love is that if I've had a bad day and I'm having a bit of a temper tantrum, I share it. I share my tears. I share my joys. I do something a couple of times a month where I call it bedtime banter and I go live with my face masks on or whatever. (laughs) Because for me, it's all about being real. And it's about saying to somebody, you are just a few steps behind. That's all. And you're going to keep changing and evolving. And the things that you think you can't do now, you can't have now, they're going to come. So I think the biggest thing for me would be to just step into a higher consciousness, learn how to manage your energy, learn how to not be quite so human, get hold of some books. There's a great book called How to Quantum Think, anything by Joe Dispenza. There is a huge amount of people coming in now to teach us about, Joe Dispenza calls it breaking the habit of being you and learning how to design yourself. Really, just don't waste time because when I was younger, I remember my dad always said to me, the older you get, the quicker time goes. And I used to think, well, that's a lie. Yeah. But he was absolutely right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So don't waste it. Enjoy it. Slow it down by being present in every moment. Otherwise, we just lose weeks and weeks and months and months. Absolutely spot on. And I found that exact, I was only mentioning the other day, I've got a two-year-old at home. And (laughs) I was saying like, because he sometimes wakes up for a nap and says, what are we doing today? And it's like, well, hold on, it's not even the whole day gone yet. And time must seem so long that each day for him. But to us, it's a short period of time. And I must admit, like people have asked me, like, how on earth do I get time to fit in this and my day job and having a two-year-old at home and all the responsibilities I've got with that. And I said, Look, I cut TV out. I don't watch TV. I used to watch Grand Designs and I'd sit down and watch Emmerdale with my wife and all these little shows. Yeah. But actually, what were they really doing for me? Yeah. This is how I'll get my enjoyment and that's how I manage it. So yeah, I'm absolutely on board with your live in the moment and be present as much as possible, but also do what's important and don't waste time on unnecessarily things that you don't want to do. If you want to do them, by all means, go and do it. But but don't moan. Yeah, don't moan. That's the thing. I mean, one of the reasons I'm going to train with Brendan Burchard is because I read his book, The Motivation Manifesto, back in about 2015. And again, it was another game changer for me. And I followed him ever since. And what he teaches, it really isn't rocket science. But and one of the very simplest things that he does with all of his high end, like million pound clients, is he gets them to assess and review their every week. Like, how did I show up? What did I do? So if you're looking back at your week and you're counting up 
six hours in front of the TV, you know, a couple of takeaways. I didn't hit the gym. I didn't write my blogs. You're able to actually see how you're creating the reality that you're living. And it's not always nice to realize, actually, I'm really letting myself down in that area. And it's not comfortable to have to take the actions to get around that. If it means you've got to get up earlier to go to the gym, if it means you've got to say to your partner, look, I'm leaving the house a couple of times a week to go do my podcast or whatever. But everything you do is like another brushstroke on that picture of your life. You're the artist. You've got to make those decisions on a daily basis. Absolutely spot on. And I think the phrase is a successful person is a busy person. Whenever you speak to these people who you, you look up to and admire for success they've had whether it's a Casey Neistat or whether it's a writer like JK Rowling they're always on the go they've always got the next thing that they're doing and they're always pushing themselves and filling up their day with those extra activities thank you for that it is unfortunately the end of this particular interview segment of this podcast so just wanted to say a massive thank you to Louise for your time today and just wanted to ask could you direct people where to come and find you if they found you interested and want to follow you Absolutely. So you can find me on LinkedIn and my full name, which is Louise Cartwright or, but you're, if you Google Cartwright, you'll find me. My Facebook page is Louise Cartwright. My Facebook group is Women Embracing Well. So at the moment, yes, I'm afraid it is for women only, but that's all about to change. And they're the main places, or you can email me at hello at louisecartwright.com. You can also find my podcast at the Lifepreneur Podcast. Excellent. So go and listen to that podcast, go and find Louise in those various places. And thank you very much. And we hope to speak to you soon. Thank you so much. So I hope you agree. What a fascinating story that Louise has. Thank you, Louise, for appearing on the podcast. I really enjoyed listening to what it is that you've gone through and where your journey's taken you. And thank you for all the tips and advice that you shared with the audience this week. So for the listener, for the key takeaways from my point of view, first of which is don't be overwhelmed by choice. I know that I often see many different things in front of me. It's trying to narrow down what you think is the best for you at that time and then focusing on that individual choice and focusing on what it is that you want. The second of which is once you have made that decision, don't use the fear of failure or the shame of sharing that with others or other people kind of sharing with you or oh, they don't think is a good idea, blah, 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 because that will naturally happen. Just believe in yourself and break things down into small little steps and not think of it as that whole scary idea and that will make the process so much easier. Try and be the best person you can be and try and treat people as you treat others because I found for myself that really helps to grow respect and because people do business with people. So if it was that you're looking for employment or whether you're looking to be a freelance and get payment from people, people are going to look for good people to work with and not just the cheapest price or the the best work although these can be factors as well and finally as louise mentioned getting a mentor or coach now that doesn't have to be a paid for service to start with i know i've discussed this in previous episodes it could be listening to a podcast or following somebody on social media or watching some youtube videos you can have free methods of getting mentors and tutors but if you are in the position and you find the right person for you then it is a worthwhile process just getting some guidance because they're going to be able to share with you the mistakes that they've made in the past to help you avoid those and also might have some further ideas of things that might seem obvious when you reflect on it but actually because you're so close to what it is that you're doing that you might not have even considered. So I hope you got lots from this episode. I hope you got a great week coming up and I hope that you found some little ideas that you can put into place to help you get work savvy. Until next week, take care and I'll speak to you soon.